enjoying the peace of God, which Paul says, passeth all understanding, there's some conditions attached to that. And uh, as a part of that, uh, those conditions, it has to do with us being Christ-focused. If we don't keep our mind on Him, in spite of all that He's done for us and all of the great promises that He's made to us, we're not going to be at peace. And that's why the Bible says that He has given us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, by these, in other words, it's by means of us being familiar with those promises and claiming those promises. And of course, we could, you know, we could talk every night for the rest of the year about the promises in the Bible and uh, still not cover everything. But over in the book of Deuteronomy, in chapter number 33, and you know there are many verses in the Bible that we enjoy, uh, many verses that are helpful, but there are some verses that over the course of the years we develop a love for out of the need for survival. And as I think back over the years, this is one of those verses that I have literally clung to like a life vest. And uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe tonight that it will become that meaningful to someone else here. In this chapter, we find Moses with the tribes of Israel all assembled, and Moses, just before his departure from this world, addressing them and pronouncing his blessings upon them. And I want you to notice in verse number 20, 25, I'm going to read verse 24 to make the connection. He says, And of Asher he said, Let Asher be blessed with children. Let him be acceptable to his brethren. And let him dip his foot in oil. Now here's, here's the thing that I want you to notice. This is the promise. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass. And you'll remember there in the wilderness how the, the shoes didn't even wear out. But notice, he says, and this is the part I want you to notice, As thy days, so shall thy strength be. Every person here has wondered why in the world we have to live in a world full of trouble and sorrow. Why does it have to be that way? Uh, but it is. You know, there are things that we would have never chosen for ourselves that God has allowed to come into our life, and we wonder why. And you know, we know in theory that trouble uh, plays an important part in our life. Were that not the case, God wouldn't allow it. And God in His infinite wisdom allows trouble to come into our life and, and for several reasons, no doubt, but for one thing, in order that we might develop and grow spiritually. Because none of us would grow as we ought to were it not for the trials of life. Whenever we think about the trials of life, you know, that's... Uh, Trouble is like the night is to the day. 
It's like the winter is to the seasons, and these are things that we need, and they play an important role in our life because were it not for that fact, we'd never know what we need to know about God's greatness and God's grace. I mean, if everything was perfect, how would you know anything about the grace of God? You wouldn't know anything about it, would you? Because grace is something that God bestows upon those that are undeserving. If everything's perfect, we think of ourselves as, you know, being in a state of perfection and what have you, and deserving of everything we have automatically. We don't see any goodness of God in that. And if we never had a problem and we, you know, never had anything that we needed that would cause God to, you know, react to our need and provide our need. We wouldn't know anything about His greatness and His power to be able to meet all of those needs. So all of this is important. And so tonight I want you to notice two things here. I want you to consider the need of this promise because it's not stated, but it is certainly implied And that is that man is a weak creature in need of divine help. And that's something everybody needs to understand. You know, it's the proud person who feels self-sufficient. The proud person that never sees the need of such a promise as this. And only a fool fails to see their need of God. And there are a lot of fools in this world today. You know, maybe they've got a lot of money in their pocket and their body is healthy and their, you know, their family is nice and their friends are uh, friendly and all of that. And they don't really see any great need in their life and, and consequently they, they don't rely upon God for anything. But the fact of the matter is there are several different ways in which our weaknesses are revealed. Since we're talking about the need of a promise like this, we need to think about that. For example, there are our daily duties. In other words, our responsibilities that are thrust upon us. It might be the pressure of your job. You know, I know that they teach nowadays in school to tell the kids, you know, never take a job that you don't like. Do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. All of that really sounds good. The problem with it, sometimes, you know, in order to eat, you've got to take a job that you don't really like. It's it's not always pleasant. Far from it. Sometimes your job, you know, can be very difficult, not only physically demanding, but difficult in a lot of other ways. And and yet it's your responsibility to get up in the morning and go to work and to do what's necessary to provide for yourself and for your family. And so, you know, that's one duty is your vocation. But then there are domestic responsibilities. Think about parenthood. Uh, whether you have one or whether you have eight, it doesn't make any difference. I mean, whenever you're raising children, there are going to be certain difficulties. And Sandy talking about just, you know, laying down and having a good cry. Every mother here has had her day and knows exactly what that's all about. There are times, as much as you love your children, there are times that you just go to your wits end. You don't know what to do, where to turn, and all you can all you can think of doing is just crying. It's difficult being a good parent. 
And so this, this puts upon us great stress in the world that we live in. But not only are there our daily duties, there are Christian responsibilities. Brother Kenneth was talking about the workers at camp, and he also alluded to the Sunday school teachers, for example, or the Iwana workers and those that have been used of the Lord in teaching these children before they ever get to camp and the the truths that they have imparted to those kids. Look, there's a lot of work that goes into being a good Christian worker. And that that's true whether you're, you know, teaching a, a Sunday school class or whether, you know, you're singing in the choir. I mean, the, the choir members coming to practice, and I'm sure a lot of times they're thinking, man, oh, boy, I'd like to take a nap, you know. Uh, you know, Brother Stone gets to go home and take a nap before the evening service. i got to be back here for choir practice. And, you know, there's work involved in that. Whatever we do. And consequently, we need strength that that only God can give. But in addition to our daily duties and Christian responsibility, there is suffering that reveals to us our need of God. It can be physical suffering. It can be something like what Brother Barry is going through right now. It can be emotional distress, the anguish that comes from losing a loved one, something like Brother Tim Linton is going through now and letting go of his mother and knowing that in this life that he'll never see her again. And that, again, shows us our need of God's help. And suffering can, you know, really put us flat of our back to where all we can do is look up and say, Lord, I need you again today. And then we could talk about temptation and how temptation reveals our need of God's help. When we think about temptation, we've got to understand that we're not tempted by everything. In other words, there are certain things that are tempting to some of you that, are, that wouldn't be tempting to others. You know, you look at somebody else and they're involved in some particular sin and you've, you've never really be, been tempted to do that. And you, you, you just don't have any interest in that. doesn't seem to be any pleasure in that or any profit in that. And, and so you, you're not tempted in regards to those things. But mark it down, and none of us are exempt from this. There is some temptation somewhere for everyone. In other words, there is something that is inviting, something that, you know, that encourages you to, you know, to do this or to do that, and you know that it's wrong. And I, I think a lot of folks have really never come to understand what the Lord implied there when he was teaching the disciples how to pray, and he said, pray like this, you know, lead us not into temptation. Well, God doesn't lead us into temptation anyway, Right? He doesn't, you know, God doesn't tempt us to sin. Somebody says, oh, the Lord really tempted me to sin. No, he didn't. God doesn't tempt you to sin. He allows you to be tempted to sin. So when he says, lead us not into temptation, the whole idea of that, if you understand what the Bible teaches everywhere else in regards to sin and temptation, the idea is that God knows that there is some temptation that is too great for you to bear. There is some besetting sin that you cannot overcome, and you need to live your life in dependence upon God, lest that temptation get the advantage of you. 
Now, I'm sure that we could just open up the floor for discussion and we could think about a lot of other things that reveal to us our need of God's help. And you can rest assured that Moses knew that with all of the tribes of Israel, every one of them was thinking to themselves, how are we going to survive? How are we going to get by? What are we going to do? You, you put yourself in their place and try to think about what they have just experienced these 40 long years of wandering in the wilderness with all of those hundreds of funerals every single day reminding them of the price of their rebellion against God. And so he is reminding them, you really do need God's help. And he gives them this promise. The promise that as your days, so shall your strength be. Now, I want to say three things about that promise. Number one, it's certain. When God makes a promise, you can take it to the bank. You can depend upon it. Promises are meaningless unless you have confidence in the one who gives it. That's why we talk about claiming God's promises and understanding that God cannot lie. And whenever God gives a promise, you know, we can depend upon it. We can build our hopes upon it. I love what Charles Spurgeon said many years ago when I jotted it down in the Bible. And it says, Until thine enemy can stop the course of a whirlwind with a reed, till he can twist the hurricane from its path by a word of his puny lips, thou needest not think that the strength of man shall ever be able to overcome the strength which is in thee, namely the strength of God. Well, that's well said. And it's a fact that God's help is certain. And he says, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. It's something you can depend upon. But not only is it certain, but I want you to notice that this is limited in, in a sense of the word. Notice the promise is for days. He didn't say as your weeks are. He didn't say as your months are or even years. But notice the measure of your strength is limited to the need at hand. The day. We ought to be living by the day. That's why the Bible tells us we're to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. We don't have any right to pray, dear God, supply everything I need for the next year or the next month. We're to pray that God will supply our need for the day. And notice here, the promise has to do with the day. And, and, and you and I need to, as we face these difficulties in life and as we think about our responsibilities and so on and so forth, we need to remind ourselves, you know, all I've got to do is make it through this day. Jesus said, take no thought for what? Tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. It's not here yet. Put all of your focus and all of your effort on today. And the point here is that God will supply our need in the hour of need. In other words, as it is needed. Just, just as the manna was supplied every day, that's the way God's grace is. That's why, you know, the Lord said to Paul, My grace shall be sufficient for thee. And that grace comes at the point of need. You don't have grace for tomorrow. You don't have grace for next year. You know, 
But you'll have that grace whenever the need arises in your life. As your days, notice, as your days, whatever they are. So this makes it also not only limited and certain, but extensive. Notice there are no qualifying phrases here in this promise. As thy days. And so I think we can legitimately say whatever they may be, whatever our days, however difficult, whatever we encounter, as thy days, so shall thy strength be, regardless of how high the mountain, regardless of how deep the valley, regardless of how severe the problem, God's grace is always higher, always bigger, always better than anything that we ever face. Not only does God touch every problem area of our life, this encompasses all of our life, day by day, all of the days, whether they're many or whether they're few, all of these are taken into account by this precious promises. As your days, notice what he says, so shall thy strength be. God has given a promise to supply the strength we need for the day that we live in. After the service this morning, I, I told Bev, I said, I wish I had had the time or had taken the time to explain myself more fully in regards to some of the things I said because the last thing I wanted to do is to leave the impression with anyone that I was discouraged, that I was distraught, and, and that, that in some way I was disappointed with the church or somebody in the church and that, you know, because of that I just reached my wits in and, you know, wanted to quit. I've never wanted to quit, and nothing like that would ever cause me to quit. The only thing I can think of that would cause me to quit is if some sin took advantage of me to the point that it become necessary or I reach the place that I'm physically, emotionally unable to do the job and there have been so many times in the last couple of years I, you know, uh, that Satan has bombarded me with those thoughts that, you know, you, hey, you just, you're more trouble than you're worth. You're in the way. You're more of a hindrance than a help. And it's during those times like that that I have to go back to the Word of God and remind myself that as my days are, whatever they are, he says, so shall thy strength be. And that same thing is true of each and every one of you. Whatever it is that you have to face tomorrow, whatever it is, doesn't make any difference. He says, so shall your strength be. Now, someday all of our days are going to come to an end. Ricky's, Ricky's uncle passed away this last week, and the family is being reminded of that very fact that there are limits to how long we're going to live upon this earth and one of these days, life is going to be over. But until then, we've got to learn to take it one day at a time. Like the song says, one day at a time, believing with all of our heart that as our days are, whatever they are, makes no difference, so shall thy strength be. God's strength will always be sufficient because His grace is sufficient. That's the thing that strengthens us. I don't I have any idea what any of you will face tomorrow. I don't have any idea what I'm going to face tomorrow. None of us know. 
But boy, we can cling to this promise knowing, hey, God knows. He already knows. There are no surprises with God. God already knows what's going to happen. He's already prepared for it. And uh, so if God is prepared for it, there's no need in you and I worrying about it. I've often, you know, told the story about the woman that was standing out in the middle of a field out there crying. Somebody asked her, what in the world are you doing? And standing out there in that field, she said, well, she said, you know, I was just thinking uh, that someday I might get married and and, uh, we might live on this property and we might, you know, dig a well here and raise our family here and Someday, you know, one of the kids would be out there playing around that well and fall in the well and drown. <laughs> do, do you see what Satan does? He, he just lets your mind run wild thinking of what might happen. We're a whole lot better off if we just, if we just camp out on those promises that God has given to us and depend upon him to do what he said he would do. As thy day, so shall thy strength be. Let's all stand together. Anyone have a final word before we leave? Anybody, maybe some of the kids that... Courtney. Amen. Amen. And I, I'm I'm so thankful and so glad to be able to say, you know, uh, that I don't know of anybody in this church that would be a wet blanket to, you know, these kids. And I, that's a wonderful thing because you better believe there are some kids in some places that go off to camp, get all excited, come home, and wow, thank thank God that these kids have a church like this to come back to and the people that support them and love them. And uh, that, that, that's great. All right, let's bow our heads together. Brother, I miss anybody? Oh, okay, my two daughters. Uh, two of my daughters. Okay, Kathy. <laughs> and you admitted it. 